that was some good congregational singing this morning. Amen. I enjoyed that. All right, I got a few announcements that we want you to remember. Choir practice tonight at 6 o'clock, right, Daryl? 6 o'clock, all right. Now, Tuesday night, youth group is very, very different. So listen, and listen well. And if you got questions, you can ask me later, okay? Tuesday night, youth group will be going to Guppy Gulch. But this is in the evening. The youth group is used to it being an all-day event, but this is an evening event this time. It's $17 per person to go, okay? Families are invited to attend as well. If your whole family wants to go, that's fine as well. If you've ever been to Guppy Gulch, it's awesome. It's the best water park you'll ever go to, and uh, it's awesome. And uh, we'll shoot you way up in the air. They got a blob. There you go. That's all you need to know about it. And... Uh, <laughs> last year somebody shot me way up in the air and I mean I went way up in the air but anyway uh, it's $17 for a person uh, the youth will be back at the church around 845 well, you do need to fill out a waiver online you can get all of that stuff you can see Becky Beamer if you need the waiver does anybody know everybody know who Becky is Okay, good, good, all right, yeah, I thought so. So if you need to get the waiver, you can get that from Becky. Uh, the bus is going to leave right at like 4.30, so you need to be here at 4.20. Bus is going to leave at 4.30, so remember that. Tuesday night, Guppy Gulch, it's going to be a great night. Also, don't forget your background checks are in, so we need to do that stuff to make sure we're good for VBS, all of that work there. Young adults will be Saturday, August the 5th at 7 o'clock in the Fellowship Hall. They've been having a great time. Next Sunday is Homecoming Sunday, so don't forget about that. There'll be no Sunday school. It's a combined service at 1030. Then we'll have lunch, and then we'll come back over here for some singing. We're looking for that. Make sure that you get in here and see what we want you to bring. We're going to get the chicken. We're going to get the rolls, but we got some side things that we need you to bring. So get on there and look at that, side dishes, desserts, all of that good stuff. And then... VBS, August the 7th through the 11th. We are looking for to have a great year again this year, and we're excited about it, so don't forget that. Men's Devotion, August the 18th, and then a paint night on Friday, August the 25th. All that stuff is in your bulletin. You can make sure you find it. I got a couple special announcements here that I need to make sure that I make, and they have to do with food, okay? So listen and listen well. We, uh, there is a sign-up sheet at the information desk for anyone that can help us in providing uh, dessert for VBS dinners. We are so thankful every year at VBS for the people that make sure that we have dinner when we come here before VBS. We don't have to rush home. We don't have to, you know, eat Chick-fil-A all week. We don't have to eat Wawa all week. We can come up here, and there is a great dinner provided for us every night, and that's wonderful. But they do need some help with a few things, and if you could provide a dessert for one of those nights, you can sign up at the information desk. And then one of the blessings that our church does often is provide meals for those that are sick. Uh, and it's been requested again for some meals for Brenda Vaughn. So if you could help out with some meals for Brenda Vaughn, uh, then uh, you can, uh, I'm so sorry. I'm having a, just a blank, I'm looking at you. I know your name. Sandy Rowland. Sorry, Sandy. I don't know why that was escaping me. 
I had every name rolling around it. Actually, I just had desserts rolling around in my brain. That's all I had. But if you can see Sandy, Sandy, raise your hand. There she is sitting right back there. And you can see her, and she can guide you on how to uh, get a meal to Brenda Vaughn. And that'll be a blessing. I can tell you, that's one of the things that just stands out, the love that our church shows to those that are going through those tough times. And so help her out with that. That will be a real blessing. All right, at this time, we're going to have our ushers come for our Sunday morning tithes and offerings. And here come these young men. Don't be shy, guys. you got to be faster than that. But you don't run. Don't run in church. That's a bad idea, isn't it? I don't know about you guys, but I remember, I remember quite a few uh, good, good spankings from running in church when I was a kid. I don't know about you guys remember that, but I sure remember that. Anyway, well, we polled them. None of them wanted to pray. But one young man stepped up to the plate, and Rocky Beamer said, I'll pray for you this morning. Well, what a blessing. Amen? So, Rocky, will you pray over the offering? So thankful for that. Um, please, bless, please, please bless the singing and the offering, and please bless my preaching. In your holy, precious name, amen. 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 Good job. amen. Page 37. 37. Everybody stand. There is a
I, uh, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna get at it. I, uh, I don't know, I had some more time on the road this week, and I listened to a good bit of preaching, and I heard one sermon twice. Wasn't the same service, but it just so happened to be the same sermon twice, and, uh, it talked about how the blood is still working today. And, uh, and I guess God just knew that that was something that I needed because uh, the blood just wasn't, it, it was good enough to save me and to save you. At that time, uh, then we realized that we needed a Savior, but it is still working today. And, um, and it was just a blessing to me. He talked about how the blood, how we're not redeemed by corruptible things, how we're not redeemed by incorruptible things, but I'm getting it out. We're not redeemed by corruptible, but incorruptible. And I just got to thinking about how the blood just, it, it just, it doesn't lose its potency. It doesn't lose its strength. It doesn't fade away. It doesn't get weaker over time. Exposure to the sun doesn't compromise its potency. The blood, nothing changes it. It still just keeps its power. And then he started talking about how the blood cleanseth us and it speaketh for us. And it maketh intercession for us. And the cool thing about that, what he was saying, is that ETH at the end. That ETH at the end is, speaks of a continual process. It is still working. It is still cleansing us. It is still speaking for us. And it is still making intercession for you and me. I don't know if you know this about me or not, but I am, I'm really not that good of a person. <laughs> I may put up a front in front of y'all. But uh, deep down, I'm just a sinner. And, and, and every day, I fail God. And sometimes I feel like, Paul, that I, I, I do things that I know I shouldn't. And, and, and I don't do the things that I should. And it makes me feel like a failure when it comes to my walk with Christ. But I'm thankful that his blood still cleanses me. And that his blood still speaks for me. And that his blood still makes intercession for me. Even throughout every day of my life. And it does for you. I don't know if you feel like me. And sometimes you just feel like, man, I just messed things up. And, and why don't I walk with God like I should? Hey, the blood still speaks for you. The blood can still cleanse you. And it is still going to the Father and making intercession for you. And if you're here today and you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And you've never given your heart and life to Him. <laughs> it'll cleanse you today. It'll speak for you today. It'll make intercession for you today. And, and I just, I just, this song was in my mind and I didn't see Brittany here so I, 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 I grabbed Katie. But I just want to thank Jesus for the blood this morning. Because it done for me what I couldn't do for myself. When I was lost, on my way to hell, nothing that I could do, nothing that you could do to get you out of that situation but the blood that Jesus shed cleanses you speaks for you and makes intercession for you. Thank you, Jesus.
This is a story. This is a story of a runaway with no way home, no way out. I threw the best of me away. I had my chance. It's too late now. I'm too far gone, too ashamed to think that you'd still know my name. But love refused to let my story end that way. something I was texting him earlier this morning and and uh, I love the way Daryl prepares himself for worship amen he's he's praying about what to sing and and when he's when he started this morning I was like I think what I've got it I think for the first time we're not on the same page I was like man I, he's talking about the blood and I want to talk about something else but I, then I was like wait a minute we are on the same page I told Daryl, I said, we want to sing, We Will Remember, this morning. It'll go with my sermon. And I was like, Daryl's talking about the blood, and I'm talking about remember. And all of a sudden, as I'm standing up here, I was like, well, you know, Jesus got the cup, the New Testament and his blood. 
He said, this do in remembrance of me. Remember me. Remember what I've done. Then again, I was thinking in Revelation chapter 12, verse number 11, that they overcame them by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. They remembered when the blood had been applied to their life, and it overcame Satan. It overcame the dragon. It overcame death and hell. There's power in the blood. There's also power in remembering what Jesus Christ has done for us. See, along this journey as you go, you're going to be amazed at what Christ has done for you. And often, Jesus Christ, God himself, is saying, I want you to look back. Just like Daryl just sang, I remember where you found me. And I'm amazed at where I am now. And boy, I want to tell you this morning, a big part of praise is just remembering. It's just looking back and saying, oh my goodness. Look what I was doing. Look at the state I was in before, mentally, physically. Look at the place that I was. But look when I came and I laid those things, when I laid those burdens down, right? When I came and just gave it to Jesus. I know that sounds like a cliche phrase, but how many times, let's just face it, the problems that you're trying to deal with, you're trying to do it on your own. And you need to be able to just, and what does that mean? Listen to me very carefully this morning. What does that mean? It means trusting the Word of God and have faith that the way He's asking you to do it, that you'll do it His way. Because you know what? You're going to want to do it your way. The Bible's way is completely different. Trust me. The world is, is selling it to us right now that guess what? Raising your family in church and being faithful to the house of God doesn't have any benefit to your family. That's what they're telling you right now. But guess what? I've got a couple testimonies of remembering that guess what? Bringing your family faithfully to the house of God makes all the difference in the world. I'm just going to go ahead and brag a little bit this morning. I got a son that's in Montana preaching the gospel. I got another son that's at boys camp leading those boys this morning because we brought them to the house of God. I'm not wondering about where they are. I'm not wondering about what's going on. Don't want to leave Luke out. He's singing in the choir too. I'm going to tell you, will you have faith when the world is telling you everything else that this is the right way, that's just one example. There's tons of them, isn't there? That the world's telling you, you know what? That's not that important. But the Word of God puts great emphasis on it. Can we believe Him and have faith to lay down those burdens and give them to Jesus? And then one day we can look back and remember Wow, like, wow, wow, God was good to us. God was good to us because we were faithful to him. He blessed our lives because we honored him. 
We praised his name. There's something powerful. And the word of God is filled with it. Of looking back and remembering how good God is to you. Maybe you just need to look back this morning and remember the day you got saved. And say, God, thank you for saving me. I don't know. But listen to this song. There's power in remembering.
I was talking to Harry Middleman this morning, and I said, hey, man, are you doing your lessons this week in VBS? And he said, yeah. And I said, well, I hadn't heard him say anything. He said, you should make an announcement. <laughs> so anyway, no, I don't mind at all, and I'm actually uh, honored to do so. I've been going to Harry's classes for, I don't know, has it been eight, eight years, 80 years? Uh, a long time, and I never get to hear Harry teach, preach, because I'm downstairs in my, left, uh, in my class, so I take the opportunity whenever I can to go to that VBS class. So if you're here at VBS and you dropped your kids and you're just like sitting around, you don't know what to do, go to Harry's class. If you're at home and you're sitting around, you don't know what to do, come on up, go to Harry's class. They're good lessons and uh, it's a smaller group, so you'll hear your name called out at least once and uh, yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask Harry what time. What time? And I asked him, because he always has a theme, and I said, what's your theme this year? He said, I went back and I pulled a bunch of my favorites. So, yeah, greatest hits. I like it. Greatest hits. Harry Middleman edition. Man, I bet you thought Eric was going to preach this morning, didn't you? I okay, thank you, Brother Harry. <laughs> Turn with me in your Bibles to Acts chapter number 14. Sunday mornings, we've been moving through the book of Acts, and it's been a great blessing, and we're going to look at the last uh, three verses of the 14th chapter of the book of Acts. And... Uh, just praise the Lord for his Holy Spirit meeting with us already this morning. And uh, I just want to bring something to you. Uh, I'm going to let the Lord lead it and, and have him bring out what he wants to bring out this morning. I got a lot of things on my heart, uh, but it's just been great already to be in his house and, uh, and to just worship him this morning. Uh, yeah, it's been wonderful. Let's stand, if you would, if you found Acts 14, verses 26 through 28. 
The Bible says, just bear with me as I keep you in context. I want you to get the, the reading of the scripture. And thence sailed to Antioch from whence they had been recommended. So this is the end of Paul's first missionary journey. Paul and Barnabas go out at the beginning of chapter number 13, and now they've come back full circle. They left from Antioch, and they came back to Antioch. And so now we see the end of what's gone. We, we preached the message about them revisiting the churches already, but now they've come back. And so they, they sailed to Antioch, from whence they had been recommended to the grace of God for the work which they fulfilled. And when they were come and gathered the church together, they rehearsed all that God had done with them and how he had opened the door of faith unto the Gentiles. There they abode long time with the disciples. Dear Heavenly Father, uh, we're thankful already for what you've done in our hearts this morning. We've come into your house to praise you. I think a key ingredient of praise is remembering. God, I pray that you would help us to be able to look back. I think a key ingredient of that is to be able to look back and see your hand at work. See what you have done. Heavenly Father, we believe in this place that you are moving and are active in every part of our lives. We believe that. We're not ones that believe that it's random or chance. We do believe the divine sovereignty of Almighty God. Therefore, God, there's going to be times in our lives where the circumstances and the difficulties of life they just seem overwhelming. But for the believer, he looks back and he remembers those times. I believe that the sweet Holy Spirit has an amazing way of showing us just how God moved, worked, was active. So help us this morning as we take a moment and say, God, help us to look back. Remember your goodness. Remember your mercy. I believe that that will spark us into praise and real worship. So help us this morning as we take just a few moments. Your wonderful name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I want to be careful this morning, but I want to look at this very plainly, I've already given you a little bit. There's not a lot that we need to do to explain the scripture that we're reading. We already really did that. First missionary journey coming to an end. Paul and them do the work. Just a couple of things that I want you to look at. And I want to make my focus on that just for a moment. The one in the middle is where I'm just going to make a little bit of focus. So the Bible says this. And thence sailed to Antioch from whence they had been recommended to the grace of God. Uh, let me read that again because it didn't come out right. To Antioch, from whence they had been recommended to the grace of God for the work 
which they fulfilled. I'm going to move quick. The first point that I have on here is they finished their work. They finished their work. I got all kinds of titles for this. I got all kinds of stuff. But I want to keep it in the context and keep it right this morning. These are amazing missionaries. These are amazing workers in the kingdom of God. But what I see that's also amazing about it is that they completed the task that God had called them for. If you turn back to Acts chapter 13 and verse number 1, if you want to go back there, that's fine. But the Bible says in verse number 2, excuse me, of Acts chapter 13, it says, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I have called them. And then here we are, just two chapters later, they're long chapters, chapter uh, 13 is 52 verses, and this next one is 28, but we see that they have fulfilled the work that God has called them to do. I just want to make a few things about that when it comes to finishing the work that God has put us in charge of. Number one, I want to say for a lot of Christians, they're not even sure what God has called them to. They're not sure what they're supposed to be doing in the kingdom of heaven. I want to be careful as I say this this morning, but I do want to be blunt that just coming to church is not what you are called to do. That's not the work. No, that's where you come and you get encouraged. You get what you need to go out and do the work. The work doesn't happen in here. The work happens out there, and I've said that plenty of times. But there's a lot of people that they don't even really know what God has called them to do in their life. We do not have the time, but we would need to go back and look again at the spiritual gifts and say, are we exercising those spiritual gifts in our lives? And are we aware of what the calling is then on our life? It's impossible for you to finish or complete the work if you don't even know what that work is. That's number one. Number two, they were able to complete the work, I believe, because they were qualified for the work. Man, I listened to a great sermon this week that really brought this one home to me. That unfortunately, for most of God's people, the reason they don't know their calling, the reason that they don't do a work, is because they're not qualified. You say, Mike, what do you mean? You know, this is just working in the kingdom of heaven. I'm not talking about you having a Bible degree or a Bible this. I'm just talking about being prayed up. I'm just talking about spending time in God's word, knowing how to rightly divide it. That's why we spend so much time on this in this place. We don't want you to just be able to... Listen, I don't mind at all. If you've got somebody and you want me to go and talk to them, I don't mind if you call me and you want me to do that. But I just want to be real honest. You should be able to talk to him about Jesus Christ as well. You should be qualified to do that work. Because as much as it's going to be good for me to do it and all of that stuff, I don't know him. God brought him to you for a reason. You have that relationship and that understanding of their life that I will never have. And God brought them to you for a reason. So be ready, be qualified to complete the work that God has called you to do. These men were qualified for it. 
Man, I could go into this about Saul. He didn't just get saved and the next day they sent him out on a missions trip. It didn't happen like that. You can go study that on your own. What was Saul doing? What was Saul doing? We can't even go into that. But they were qualified. And that gave them the ability to complete the task. And I don't want to be harsh. As I finish the sermon, it'll be better, I promise you. And I don't want to be harsh this morning, but I do want to be real. Unfortunately, in the kingdom of God, there's a lot of starters, but there's not a lot of finishers. As a matter of fact, I just heard a podcast this week from someone that I think a lot of, and that was the main thrust of it, to finish well. And as crazy as it is, as I start to get a little bit older, I think about finishing well. You know what I mean? Isn't that crazy? You guys still look at me as the young preacher, don't you? You realize I've been the youth pastor here for 20 years? That's crazy, right? Nobody should be a youth pastor for 20 years, okay? That's just ridiculous. Young people are going to kill me. But I want to finish well. I want to finish what we started. I want to be able to say we completed the task. I want to be like Paul and Barnabas and say they gave me a task. And remember that other passage of Scripture where Paul says, I fully preached the gospel in that town. That's amazing, isn't it? That he fully preached the gospel. I didn't, there wasn't anywhere that, that, that needed it that didn't get it. Matter of fact, I even preached it to them that didn't want it, and I know because they ran me out of town, right? That was Paul's testimony. Everywhere he went, I fully preached the gospel. And he could come home and be happy. So number one, they finished. Number two, they remembered. This is where the thrust. The last one is praise. That's my three-point outline this morning. And I'm going to give it because I know I'm not going to get the whole thing. And you can look at it later. But they're going to flow together. But number one, he finished. Number two, he remembered. And then number three, they praised the Lord. And we're going to see how these run together as we look at the end of chapter number 14. Look at our verses there that come in verse number 27. And when they were come and had gathered the church together. Let me tell you, it is good for God's people to gather together. Let me tell you, this is something that's so biblical. And on the very first day of the week when they gathered together, why is it that, and this is important too, why is it that we have a shift from the Jewish side of the religion to meeting on the Sabbath to meeting on Sunday? Because you're aware that the Sabbath is Saturday, Sunday is the first day of the week. Why did that shift take place? Because they gathered together to remember the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Every Sunday after Jesus rose from the grave, they got together on Sunday and said, Hey, remember when Jesus rose up from the grave? Wow, right? 
and there was a monumental shift that was going and they were remembering the Sabbath. As a matter of fact, the Bible said that they would break bread together. What were they doing? They were having communion and they were taking the bread and they were taking the blood and they were saying, remember how Jesus told us that this blood was the New Testament in his blood and it do as oft as we drink it in remembrance of him. And every Sunday they would come together and they'd say, he shed his blood and he died for us. But on the third day, he arose from the grave. It's still Resurrection Sunday this morning. Amen? What have we come in here to do to remember that Jesus Christ, Daryl started it out pretty good, didn't he? That the blood has been shed for us and the blood has never lost its power and the blood can still change a life and the blood can do a work that nothing else can do. And guess what? He is still risen from the grave. The Bible tells us that he stands at the right hand of the Father to make intercession for the believer. How can he do that? By the blood that was shed on the cross of Calvary. There's no need for any other blood. It continuously and ongoingly makes atonement for God's people. It's the last blood that God the Father would ever need blood of the perfect, spotless Lamb of God. We remember that. And so as they come back, notice what they do. And they gathered the church together. And they rehearsed all that God had done. They rehearsed. Now I want you to notice this. I got a whole bunch of points on this and I wanted to get real nostalgic with you and all of that stuff, but I'm not going to do that this morning. I'm just going to make one point out of this whole thing. I want you to think about this, the journey that they just took. The hard thing about reading the book of Acts is it really happens so fast. We look at this, two chapters of a first missionary journey, but man, did God do a whole lot. They saw people get saved they saw people get healed. They saw, they saw demons confronted. God was just doing miraculous things, approving their message with signs and wonders. And, and just there was so many things that happened. So think about Paul as he sits down here in front of the church and he brings them together and he starts rehashing in his mind everything that God had done. And you know what's going on in his mind? There's two things that are important to this. That what Paul is doing is he is looking back and he is going, wow, God was really working. How do I know that? Because the way that he put it, they rehearsed all that Paul and Barnabas had done. Did I read that right? Did I read that right? No, I didn't. They rehearsed all that God had done. Paul and Barnabas came home. They didn't say, hey, look at what we did out there. Look at all the churches that we planted out there. Nope. They looked back and they went, wow, look what God has done. And there was two things that were going, well, two things that were going on. One thing, really. They were looking at it with the word of God, the promised word of God, because they had been called to go out and reach.
going to be like, man, I know in God's word he talked about that thing back there. And look, he did it. He was true to his word. He was faithful to his word. Man, I sure hope you've experienced that in your life. And I feel like I'm not doing a very good job of explaining it this morning. But I hope you're getting it. I hope you've had a time in your life where you come back and you're sitting there and you're remembering what God has done in your life. And you're seeing how it lines up with the Word of God. That you were either faithful to a promise of the Word of God or you were faithful to a commandment of the Word of God. And you have seen that even though it looked like in the moment it was a trial, it was a difficulty that might even been brought on because of your faithfulness to the Word of God. Now later on you look back and you see, wow, God was good in that moment. God was good in that moment. It's hard to see it in the moment, isn't it? It's hard to see it when you're going through the valley. As a matter of fact, how many times have we heard it said of believers who put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ? And as a matter of fact, we just had this testimony here out of Brother Travis Kerlock. He said, I didn't even have any problems until I started following Jesus. Right? That all of a sudden, when I started to try to be faithful to the Word of God, that that was when I started to feel the resistance in my life. That things started to get difficult. That problems seemed to be arising. And Satan wants to destroy our testimony. Satan wants to do whatever he can to keep you from being faithful to the Word of God. He does. He wants to keep you families. He wants to put anything he can in front of you to keep your kids out of church. He does. And he's doing an amazing job of it right now. We've got every distraction that is out there, whether it be sports or family time or just the fact that, hey, I get it. We all talk about it. Oh, I just need some downtime. We need some family time. We need this. But I just want to emphasize it for a moment. The house of God is important. And I know in it, I know, I've been there. When you're getting ready for church on a Sunday morning and you're about to walk out the door and your little kid turns around and pukes all over your wife, you're like, I don't think it's worth it this morning. But it's worth it. It's worth it. Now, I understand that you can't be here every week. Listen, I get all of that. But what I do believe is so important is that in your house, your children have an understanding of how important this house is. That's what's important. You're going to miss it every once in a while. I know. I'm going to go on vacation too. And you're okay with that, right? I'm going to miss a couple Sundays. It's going to happen. And so are you. But guess what? I want my kids, and I believe it happened, that they grew up and they knew that this place was important. It was unique. It was special. They knew that this word was special. Can I preach just for a few minutes? Any, can I go ahead? I get people sometimes be like, well, and, and I don't know why this is on my mind, but they're like, well, we're going to tell our kids about Santa Claus because we don't want to lie to them, and then maybe one day they won't believe the stuff that I say to them about God. Well, guess what? If you come to church once a year, they might relate God and Santa Claus. 
But if you'll come to church more often than that, they'll know the difference. Amen? That's the problem. A whole lot of folks just show up to church twice a year, and that's all their kids know about God. Guess what? Then he looks the same as the Easter Bunny and Santa Claus. But guess what? I wasn't getting up every morning and praying and reading my Bible because I love Santa Claus. I was telling my kids it's about the Word of God. We love Jehovah God. And when they grew up, they put away childish things. Amen? When I was a child, I speak as a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. Amen? You know what? It's important for them to realize that in the home and know the importance and know what's real. And I'm sorry if I blew it up on Santa Claus this morning, but whatever. Who knows? Who cares? But I'll tell you, it's important to have them here. Being faithful to what God has called. And I just, for some reason this morning, that one's on my heart and mind. Because it seems like we're being fought every step of the way. That the house of God just doesn't have the importance. It doesn't have the weight. But boy, it means so much. And I'm thankful to be a part of a family-oriented church. Amen? And I got something this morning that was, that was family-oriented. I got something this week, excuse me. And they, when they sent me the material, they said, we just want to know that one of the most important things for us as a family-focused ministry is that the whole family worships together in the sanctuary. I said, we are right there with you. I said, I think we might be able to partner with you. You know what I mean? Boy, I'm glad to be a part of a place where we understand how important those families are. We need to remember what God is doing in that place. So they remembered that's going to be an important place. In it, we can't see it. I get it when you're in the thick. But boy, is it a great place to be. When you've gone through the valley, you've gone through the trial, and you look back and you remember. And here's the last point, and I'm done. That brings real praise and real worship. That brings real praise and real worship. Worship that can happen at your own family altar, your own prayer closet, that can happen at your coffee table, at your dinner table, where you worship God for who He is and what He's done and are just thankful for this. I love to come in His house and praise Him and worship Him and feel the Holy Spirit move and all of that. But I'm going to tell you, and I know that you know it as well, there is an act of genuine praise that comes in the solitude of our alone time with God that is much more to be desired than corporate worship. It really is. Much more to be desired. I have desired you in the secret place. He that finds him in the secret place, that searches for him diligently, Jesus says, I will meet you there. Hmm. He'll meet you there. Let me ask you today, do you know Him in that secret place? Do you know Him in the place where He meets needs in unusual ways? Do you know Him in a still, small place? Oh, listen, I love for you to be here, and you just heard me preach on the importance of church, but we're not going to meet all your needs in this room. 
He's going to meet your need on a Tuesday morning when you get alone with Him. You're not sure if you can make it that week, but you just steal away with Jesus. Boy, Jesus, when He was here, He got away and prayed a lot. So much so that His disciples said, will you teach us how to pray? Will you teach us to do what you're doing? You know Him like that. This Every head bowed, every eye closed. Daryl, come around and get us a him a song, whatever you feel is needful this morning. Lord, help us this morning in your invitation. I'm not sure which part of the sermon is going to speak or be used in a heart and a life. I really felt like you were just giving it and putting it out there this morning. Use it. I don't know if there's a lost person that they were listening to it and longed to have that kind of peace. I don't know if it's a family that looks at it and says, "Can you, Lord, will you help us to be faithful? I don't know. Whatever it is, dear God, it might be a person that just says, Lord, I want to worship you in secret. I want to know that joy. Dear Lord, help us this morning in a real way to do whatever business we need to do with you. In your holy name we pray, amen. As we stand and sing, what shall we sing, Daryl? How deep the Father's love for us. How vast beyond all measure that he would give his only son to make a wretch his treasure how great the pain of searing loss the turns his face away as wounds which mar the chosen one bring many sons to Shame.